Alright, Bobby. And welcome to the third episode of It's Our Year podcast. Now, the reason that that was rather big, elaborate and emphasised uh, is because I received uh, a message, they'll remain anonymous, who said that listening to the typical made them want to turn off instantly. Now, despite claiming in other episodes that we learn from our mistakes, in this instance, I felt uh, it was completely appropriate for a severe doubling down. Uh, in essence, we've done a chancery. Now, the podcast tonight, uh, unfortunately, is going to be done solo um, due to Craigo feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, but obviously, we weren't here last week, so I felt, oh, we can't do two weeks on the trot, particularly the momentum this podcast is building up. I mean, by the end of this, we may end up with, what, 29 followers. So we thought it best to do it. So in this week's episode, there's no discussion of anything. It's just me providing a monologue. Um, first game back at the King Power, which was uh, was interesting. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, we're able to see uh, some good stuff from uh, Yannick Vestergaard. Oh, he looked good, didn't he, with his big giant face. And thankfully, Johnny Evans' incredibly sensitive bunion feet could gingerly touch the grass again. Because uh, we desperately need that guiding voice uh, beside old Lord Farquhar Sayunchu. Um, we'll also be um, discussing people's best and worst away day experiences. So a journey across the 92 league clubs that takes in awful train journeys... Choice beverages, a prosthetic limb, and arguably the best player ever missing a penalty. And despite Craig's absence, I thought I'd add my two pennyworth about Sheffield FC, not in regards of his coaching. I don't want to go in too harshly. Um, then, my favourite type of debate at the end, one way. Marvellous, isn't it? I've not even got anybody to shout down. And it's going to involve club versus country. Now, something I get very passionate about because... There's been numerous instances where I've been sat watching an England game in a pub because I've not been forced to, but sort of, you know, peer pressured into it, where um, England might be in a friendly and they may have scored to even make it 2-1. It might be a consolation uh, where, I've, where I've had some jingoistic bell end uh, threaten to knock me out because I didn't celebrate a goal. So that's good, isn't it? What are you talking about? I don't care that it's Caribbean. You should be up. Cheering and celebrating. I don't care it's an on-team. This is your country we're talking about, pal. And even though I now look like a gammon, um, doesn't necessarily mean like I act like one. So, in the profound words of my fine co-host, who's unfortunately absent this evening, the talk sport disciple that he is, Gwendin. Now, before we get into the uh, best and away day experiences, uh, we had a couple of people get in contact, which is lovely, isn't it? You know, a couple of interactions, because, you know, pretty barren initially. You know, flooded is, is strong. Um, a, a smattering of, uh, of responses in relation to the, the shittest 11s that we had. Uh, and a few people felt that we may have made a couple of mistakes. And one of those people is a regular listener and retweeter. Yeah, thanks for that. JD, who um, we came to realise was actually uh, a distant relation on Craig Stagdo in Berlin. 
Uh, and we didn't we didn't get emotional, you know, like uh, like Claire Sweeney does on uh, Who Do You Think You Are. I can't believe I can't believe it. That me great 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 grandma was a baker. You know, just thinking about the fact that she had to make bread. You know, it just I can't cope with it. You know, I feel really close to it, despite being removed by about, you know, 30 lines and elements of a family tree. <laughs> now we just went, all right, it's all right, isn't it? Now he suggested that uh, Brian Barry Murphy shouldn't be part of the Wednesday's Worst Eleven because he gave birth to a great chant to the tune of the cartoon Smash It. I hope you can remember this one. Witch Doctor, which, of course, went like this. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, Brian Barry Murphy. That is pretty good, isn't it? And really, they could have extended it. I told Chris Turner that I was in love with you. Boom, 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 boom. But, uh, you know, it were different times in the Chupa Chups era, and uh, I'm not sure they would have been as accepting of, uh, of our love. So he wanted Brian Barry Murphy, BBM, replace him with Barry Orn, uh, a non-stalwart, of the uh, of the two thousand relegation side, uh, and quote his performance should have been investigated by the Hague for crimes against humanity. It was that bad, people. But anyway, briefly back to the cartoons. Uh, I once saw them uh, play a gig that really showed off the level of their fame that they'd achieved. Uh, it was at the Oasis Food Court in Meadowall. Uh, they had a fella playing a carrot bass. Uh, they mind witch doctor to. Um, I'd probably say tops 10 in different shoppers. Uh, I mean, I were there having a Mackey's breakfast, loving it. Um, I didn't really want that particular multicoloured cornucopia of shite dancing about, to be honest. But uh, due to the lack of crowd engagement, they got they got kicked off mid-set. Mid-set was, uh, was one song. Um, they were replaced with a quiz that was being host, hosted, should I say, by a chap who had, uh, had a lot of Pat Sharp... Funhouse energy to him, you know, um, the sort of energy that suggested, oh, I've just bedded two twins and I've got a great mullet and marvellous Donny tracksuit. Uh, and basically they had a question up and instead of the regular ABC for the answers, you had to put up the correct amount of fingers which correlated to the answer. So, you know, one, two, three. And because, you know, pretty funny, like, uh, just started rodding, proper rodding. Towards camera, proper giving it an heavy V. And incredibly, due to the fact there were only 10 people there, I don't think anybody else bothered answering, uh, they zoomed in. And despite the uh, the loutish behaviour, it, uh, it was the right answer. And I won two tickets to see uh, Top of the Pops live. And uh, got to see Rachel Stevens, which is uh, a teenage dream realised, isn't it? And Damage perform uh, Ghetto Romance. Not so much. And... Uh, there was chicane there with Brian Adams, so I got to see his big, big Canadian craggy face. Good day, that. So I'm now going to talk about um, people's best and worst away days. I've had a lot of people send things in, which is very lovely, isn't it? Because if there's one thing I love in a show, it's audience participation. Always brilliant, isn't it? At pantos and stand-up shows, fantastic. What's your name? Where do you come from? And what's your job? Absolute 
origin of comedy gold, typically, isn't it? <sighs> no, dis despite that disdain, I'm clearly made up. So I thought I'd start off with my own suggestions, which I'll keep concise. Best away day, Scunthorpe, Glamford Park. Absolutely love it, straight off at motorway. Uh, and in the concourse, they sell bacon sandwiches and hot vimto. What a northern away day experience that is. Fantastic, isn't it? Worst away day experience, I'm going to say, uh, and agree with, uh, with Brother Tom on this one. Wolves away, 2003. 3-0 up at half-time. Couple of goals from Celez, Gaza's uh, favourite um, lucky member that Les possesses and he touches in the shower and then plays well. 3-0 uh, up at half-time. Mickey Adams, who we said, oh, what's he up to? What's he up to? A couple of episodes. Well, he's back here and he's going to be in another story as well. Always connected to shit, that lad. Apart from when he got us promoted. He did all right there, didn't he, Alan Cork? But we went on to lose 4-3. So that was wicked, wasn't it? Um, uh, and uh, our father, David, or Dave, as he's more commonly known, uh, featured on Sky Sports' uh, goal compilation programme, Netbusters. And despite the fact that we were in the middle of the stand... He seemed to have almost like this star's intuition that the camera had zoomed in, zoomed in on him because he looked straight down the lens and when that fourth goal went in for Wolves, he just kind of went, oh, what are they like? Shit is what they were like. Absolute shite. Uh, so as well as the poor result, um, the Wolves fans who were one stripper seating away for us, lobbing stuff of her, we're good to have you, you listy fucking twat. And all this, this sort of uh, cutthroat razor gestures, all this type of stuff. Yet they filmed us, because we were the away supporters. We were going, oh, look at them. Because, you know, only about 11 or 12. Look at them doing that. They, they, they had no interest in that whatsoever. They were more bothered about uh, the alphas, that were me, Tom and Dave. Because we were going to cause some naughty business. Do you know what I mean? Second suggestion... Um, was when we played Chelsea in the Coca-Cola Cup uh, and again we went on to lose 4-3 that day. But the reason it wasn't great is um, our um, departed friend Larry, who was with us, we, uh, we got on a bus from uh, the outskirts of London to get towards Stamford Bridge and he broke his leg at the time and... Um, we had to stand up. He was in some discomfort. And uh, a South African bloke um, felt that Larry was taking up too much space on the bus with his crutches and his pot leg. And he forcibly said, you need to get off the bus now. You are taking up too much room. Potentially not the best South African accent, but that's what was said. So we got forced off that bus, got on another one where people were slightly more accommodating. Uh, got outside the ground, kettled. No, not said that for a long time. It was during the sort of student protests of the early 2010s where people got kettled, wasn't it? Well, we got kettled. We had to stay outside for 20 minutes. Um, and despite the fact we were saying, well, look, he he's broke his leg and he's got crutches. What we, what we're going to do? But they won't listen to us. And as Warnock says, we know the reason why. We're in fucking London, aren't we? Eh? London. No, didn't listen to any reason whatsoever. Got in 20 minutes, 
We were 1 0 up, Gareth McCauley, but naturally we'd missed it. And then I think it was Shevchenko's uh, one of the only decent things he did at Chelsea. Uh, got a trick, if I, rem- if I remember correctly, or at least got a couple. And we, ooh, oof, we had some stars that day. Ooh, Robbie Nielsen. Uh, if he gets games, he gets gold. DJ Campbell and Carl Court. Oof, God, they were, they were rough times then. So. I'm going to move on to other people's stories. So this one has been contributed by a good friend of the show, Wilb or Jamie. Now, his best and worst are combined into one trip, actually. And it was Barcelona versus Sevilla. Okay, so the best, reason it was the best initially, superb stadium, isn't it, Camp Nou? Fantastic. And getting to glimpse the ilk of Messi and Iesta and... And also seeing ex-West Ham striker Freddie Canute getting sent off after he came on as a sub and he lobbed Cesc Fabregas to the deck by his rather handsome and lovely throat. Now, oxymoronically, it was also for Wilb the worst due to getting the train the wrong way for an hour before realising. Now, that reminded me that Wilb doesn't understand how trains work, um, essentially. There was one time... Uh, we were going to the cricket, I think we were going to Headingley, and he got to the station, just saw there was a train at the platform, got on it, ended up somewhere near Bedford. He just thinks magically, oh, it's for me, my own personal journey. It'll take me there. No, it's how it works, lad. There's different destinations and stops. But anyway, hopefully he's learnt since then. So due to this train debacle, got into Barca 20 minutes before kickoff with no accommodation, or tickets. So, get to the ticket office where they the harassed and harangued by an octogenarian trying to flog a fake season ticket. She couldn't go to the game, but uh, strangely enough, had time to try and sell it. Um, when you go to Barca, naturally as well, you expect a load of goals, don't you? Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Messi missed a last-minute pen as well. So, they get out the ground... Uh, naturally very busy outside the Camp Nou and ended up inhaling the fumes from about 70,000 mopeds speeding off to little Catalan households. By the time they got to, uh, by the time they got to the hotel, in and around the hotel, all the food places were shut. Now, I quite like the sound of this, but this is a, it's a negative for Will. This, they had to spend 15 euros on chocolate bars. I wouldn't mind that in Spain. You get a lot of crunch. Oh, what a lovely bar that is. From the from the hotel vending machine. That was Wilbs. We've now got Lewis, who's a Tranmere fan. Got a couple of Tranmere fans on this. Now, his best was thumping local rivals Wrexham, who were friend of the show Ryan Taylor scored against last night. They would have had their uh, inflatable fish aloft last night, wouldn't they? And judging by their social media, they sell some cracking nachos at Grimsby. Might be worth a trip. Um, so, yeah, they hammered their local rivals, Wrexham, of Mickey Thomas fame, 5-1. Or when Tranmere beat their other closest rivals, Chester, 3-2. He then found himself accidentally in a lock-in with their Evies. And trying to, you know, remain low-key, just picked up a newspaper and sort of started reading that at the bar. And then in a very literal sense, he had to get very low to the ground as the Wirral mob started lobbing chairs and bricks in the window in an attempt to break in to a lock-in. 
Now, his worst, he said, was when he got a good hiding by the North Wales police, covered and decked in Robocop gear at a friendly at Wrexham. Oh, they weren't so friendly there, though, were they? We now come on to a story from um, Adam, who is a Northern Irish blade. So he is. Thought I'd just add a little bit of Jim McDonald there. Now, this occurred at Millwall. Oh, everybody's favourite ground, isn't it? The new den. Four years ago. So, it started off getting a mega bus from Meadowall. We all know they're great, don't we? Particularly if somebody's uh, had a kebab the night previous and then had wild shites and then with every t- uh, sort of corner the bus goes round, the door will whack against the wall just to, just to add that little, little waft. So, take some four hours to get into London. Right? Seven quid pints. Again, Warner could be ranting. So they get to the new den. They went 1-0 up. Davy Brooks, the score, if we can remember him. They then went on to lose 3-1. And they had to sit in the coach station for over three hours as the coach home was delayed. However, this is not the charming element, or most charming element, of the tale. So, after the game, there was a fella... Who in the away end, he'd he'd been giving all the Millwall Cockneys some shite. So, often just tends tends to be a little bit of fronting, doesn't it? You know, back and forth. What have you? What have you? Sword, you mug! But in this instance, they actually caught up with him. um, And they tied him to a lamppost. Right? Now, this fella, he he had a prosthetic leg. Right? Which they took off him. Right? Took off him. Started drinking pints out of it. Now, there was a bit of a social media outcry about this, and people were saying, well, this man was a veteran. He fought for, for this nation, and he lost his leg. He was injured in combat. Transpired, you know, it was complete bollocks. He'd uh, lost it due to diabetes, um, which apparently uh, makes this type of behaviour fine. Right. We then come on to his final story, which was provided by uh, John, another Tranmere fan, okay? Uh, 2002, so 19 years ago, very young at the time he was, and it was his Whittle side taking on the bottom team, Mansfield, who, at this particular instance, this particular moment in time of the season, not a single victory to their name, which obviously provides a lovely bit of foreshadowing there. Um, hormone-riddled, Scouse house lover that he was, he wanted to get a bit naughty, do you know what I mean? So, giving it to them Mansfield fans. He says that, he says he spent it in a director's box. You know, he gets a few nice posh touches in. Naturally, where all the hard nuts go, that, innit? So, first half, they're in control. Alright, 1-0 up. I think the crew's in. Lost 6-1! Um, where quality player Simon Aworth was sent off for a grievous assault. Awful ground, quote, awful place, Mansfield. There was then a pitch invasion uh, from the Tranmere fans who chased the players down the tunnel. And uh, John very much sees this as the catalyst for what transpired to be pretty much an 18-year decline, which obviously ultimately resulted in them uh, falling out of the league. Uh, Another suggestion from John uh, for a dire away date was 2015. 
Where Tranmere used a record number of players that year. 41. That's more than squad rotation, isn't it? So when Mickey Adams comes in, so he was managing at the time. Uh, but, despite the fact, you know, they're doing awful, all this type of stuff, he, very much like Allardyce, tends to pissed off before the climax of the season so he didn't have a relegation on his CV. Ah, it didn't work last year, though, did it, Sam? Um, so basically, this was at Cambridge, right? Find out where the ground was, so find the nearest pub. 15 minutes before kickoff, they have a little look round. And they think, oh, you know, sort of five, six Tranmere fans in here. Still looks a bit, bit deserted, no sort of golden black of Cambridge. Turns out they were next to Cambridge City's ground, as opposed to United. So the dopey sods had to traipse 25 minutes across town. However, when they got to the game, it went all right. Max Power. Great name, that, with a goal, weren't it? Um, and then there was a mention of a, a, a dire player called Mark Laird, who, uh, apparently looking tensely pale and very decrepit, celebrating on the board. His best, John's best, was Tranmere's 3-0 win at Everton. All right. Now, at this time, there was a joint ownership model in place, and... Due to a few dodgy player acquisitions, you know, because Everton held all the cards, this intense hatred was built up between these two Merseyside clubs. Um, at the game, John's father had to very doggedly and courageously shield him in a Colombo-style Mac due to a deluge of coins, rocks and a lighter. They deemed it uh, rather positively to be uh, aggressive donations. I suppose that, yeah, that's the way you could spin it. And then John's final point, right, which is a, a lovely food shout-out. I gave one earlier on for Grimsby Town's nachos that look fantastic. Bit of brisket on top. But like I said, missing a trick. Get some fish finger sandwiches in there. John said, best pie. Kidderminster Arias. None of that puckish shit. Homemade. Lovely, he said. Lovely crust, lovely brown crust to it. And then, this is a good thing that Brighton do, where they tend to ship down your beer into the concourse, which is all right if you're not Leicester, because in that instance, they bring in Everards, which is fucking piss. Absolutely awful. Nobody wants a, a pint of beacon. So on to this weekend, where I went back to the King Power for the first time in over 18 months. And it were lovely. It were lovely. Because I massively missed just the communal side of it. Walking down to the ground, that sense of anticipation. Um, everybody with that common purpose walking towards the game. I've missed that a lot. Just the murmuring of chants inside the ground. The sound of clappers. Not so much. But as we were walking up, it was lovely. There were a, a father and his very young daughter behind us just coming up the, the steps to the King Power. And... You could hear him having a discussion and he said, yeah, I hope you like it. I know it's your first time or whatever. This is football we're on about. Uh, coming up, I hope you enjoy this. She comes up, just mouth drop, taking it all in. She absolutely loved it. And it was great to see that. And then got up to his seats to which, you know, there were clappers. And 
it was lovely. Saw people we'd not seen in a long, long time in and around us, exchanged a few embraces, slagged off Perez. It was great. Straight back to normal. And then the game itself, it was, it was all right. It was okay. Um, first sort of five, six minutes, didn't really wake up at all. Uh, Jesus um, had numerous chances to, uh, to put Man City in front, didn't take him. Vestergaard was phenomenal at the back put in some brilliant blocks. Rather worryingly, he went off at, at 60 minutes, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but yeah, City just about deserved it. Uh, the, yeah, they were pretty dominant. I mean, a bit, bit of a jammy goal as it bounced off Calgar and Bernardo Silva, who I cannot believe they were thinking about selling it. Or, I mean, maybe he wanted to go, maybe he wanted to go, but I can't believe they were thinking about selling him. Superb, such a great player, beautiful first touch, very creative. And on the way... Uh, I went down with uh, a Man City supporting mate of mine called Cam. Lovely fella. Loves an away day. And he was telling me about one of Man City's super fans, Tits Art Jackie. Now, apparently she's rebranded of late. Uh, she says, don't call me. Don't call me Tits Art Jackie anymore. I'm the Jackstar. Because I'm into fitness and health. I don't do that no more. See, I have a uh, accent morphed there because I thought, hang on, I'm going to start off and I'm just doing like an emphasised Yorkshire. Ended up at Manchester by the end. <laughs> Ended up all right, that, didn't it? But anyway, all these claims are sort of rebranded or whatever. I don't do that no more. She's turning to Sean Ryder, aren't she? Don't do that no more. When Silver scored, straight back to tits out, Jackie. So much so, it led to a steward sort of uh, staggered and appalled. Uh, falling backwards, broke his ankle. He did, due to the jackster. Wednesday, on the other hand, and, you know, Craig's not here to provide any rebuttal. So here, is it? Yeah? 3-0. 3-0 loss. Saw the third goal. Beautiful sweeping move from Plymouth. Marvellous it was. So, yeah, two successive away games on the trot. They've ballsed up. Massive by arse. Now, despite our exclusive insight to Sheffield FC not being here tonight, Craigo, oh, sorry, I've made him sound more like a prop there than a person. I sincerely apologise for objecting you, Craigo. Sorry about that. So despite our, uh, the coach of Sheffield FC, should I say, awful of me there, um, not being here this evening, I thought I'd discuss what's occurred with them with the last couple of weeks. Now, they beat Dino, Dinnington, 2-0 uh, in the Cup, where apparently, though, the referee had given... An advantage, and during that advantage, Sheffield FC had scored, but then he pulled it back. What a balls up. So it's a good job they won. But I don't know if you saw it on social media, something similar happened in Scandinavia, um, where the referee had given advantage, clear goal-scoring opportunity, but then he blew the whistle. But in a wonderful act of um, repentance, fell to his knees. So disgusted he was with himself that he'd halted play when there quite clearly could have been a goal. Lovely that. However, Sheffield FC in their last game lost to Yorkshire Amateurs 2-1. Never good that, is it? Suffering a defeat to a side that has amateur in it. Um, despite it taking up the entire county, so I assume they have the best pick of all the amateurs. It's not got, quite got the, the grandiose nature of the world's first, has it? But uh, no, unfortunately fell to a 2-1 defeat. Hopefully, with uh, Craig's intervention, 
more victories are on the way. So we now come to our final segment this evening, which obviously was going to be a debate, but well, there's nobody here to debate it, is there? Which is great. So I'm just going to say what I think, and then um, I'll ask for Craig's opinion, and then I'll be met with, that's right, deathly silence, which for me, uh, I'm going to say is on par with affirmation and complete agreement. So the debate of club versus country, right? Now, I'm very vehemently on the side of club every single time. Just because somebody's got a different shirt on, just because Harry Kane or Kyle Walker have got a different shirt on, that doesn't mean that I stop disliking them or not feeling anything to support them. I can't, I don't know, I can't, I can't do it. I have no emotion for it. I can't manufacture this sense of love that has been nurtured over years and years for me club, that I watch week in, week out, that you feel part of the community of, the the, the signings, the ups, the, the relegations. There's, I don't feel any form of connection with the country on any of those things. And the amount of times I get repeatedly lectured by people on how I should feel. Hey, it's your country. You should feel something, shouldn't you? Same voice as earlier. Might morph into a mank, you never know. I can't. I can't fake it. So hence why, if England do score, it doesn't matter what at what stage of competition, I don't leap up because I don't give a shit. I care about Josh Lowe more than I do David Beckham. Because there's an investment there. They've got a Leicester shirt on. Now, I'll keep an eye on a player if they play for England who come from Leicester. But still doesn't mean I'm that arse. So, for example, you know, when Denmark play, Casper's in the net. Vestergaard's in the defence now. I'd rather see how they're doing. Like the other night, watching Sionchu get sent off and give away a penalty. It just doesn't have that week-to-week personal investment. So it just, I don't know, just makes me feel a bit cold and just not immersed in it whatsoever. And despite what seemingly appears to be a lovely group of lads at the minute, the England team and Southgate, a very sensible, rational person who every week appears still have to still have to explain the nature of taking the knee and, and actually say, no, hang on. Yeah, Hungary is really awful with their extreme right-wing opinions and such like, but maybe we should get his own house in order before we start having a pop at other people. Despite all that, how thin the veneer was when Sancho, Rashford, Saka missed penalties in that final. And the fact that, oh, it's brought the nation together, isn't it marvellous, isn't it progressive? Well, see what happens when those particular players miss penalties. And just see how quickly it diminishes and how actually there's just a real rancid core of England supporters that undoubtedly just have that really awful racist way of thinking. It didn't take much for the curtain to come down on that at all. Now, I know Craig could say something very, very different because even though originally very much a club supporter, I'm paraphrasing, I'm speaking for him, he'll probably get annoyed, but... I think I've got the essence of it. Despite him being a hardcore Wednesday fan, he has morphed over the years to be a pretty big England fan due to the fact that he's been out to the World Cup. Went to, uh, Not that he went to see England, but he was there for the World Cup. 
and he got a feeling for international football and he, he really loves it now because um, he came around here a couple of times for the Euros and he had a cracking time. The bit he seemed to enjoy the most, though, was that uh, U2 song, which was uh, bloody diabolical. It had its usual ding 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 at the start because, you know, that's all the edge can manage. And then, uh, we are the people we've been looking for. Yeah. All right, Bono. Maybe it's time to take the glasses off, mate. Because, you know... They're not the people you're looking for. Certainly not the ones who had a pop at the lads after they missed the penalties. You daft silly sod. So that's it. And thank goodness, people say, to the third episode of It's Our Year podcast. A bit more succinct, a bit more concise this week, of course, due to uh, a lovable career go not being here. Hope he gets better soon and uh, is able to provide some of his lovely back and forths because, you know, it elongates the episode, you know, provides a bit of filler, doesn't it? Um, but uh, no, hopefully, hopefully it was all right. Thank you very much to the people who uh, contributed their stories. That was marvellous. If you want to throw in your opinion regarding club versus country, that would be marvellous. OK, uh, I'd also like to say oh, congratulations to, uh, to Brother Tom. And Suzanne, uh, they've had a lovely, lovely little lad, a little hold yesterday of uh, of Alfie. It's a nice uh, traditional old name, that, isn't it? Yeah, that is lovely. So, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a pint with Carlton Palmer. 2P for CP, ASAP. <laughs>